It's the final hour of the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Or on the phone line at 918-879-1170. Any of those are fine. You can also send smoke signals, uh, bring up cards, you know, write letters, whatever you'd like. We'd like to have your interaction right here on the Blitz 1170. Yeah, why not? You know, do people still do that? I don't know. It would be cool if we got one with, like, my dearly beloveds or something. <laughs> no, Some you know what? It'd probably, mine or yours probably start with, dear John, you know, the old-fashioned, <laughs> you know, you know, really thinking about moving on. Uh, I got a text here, though, at 918-262-5072. This comes from phone number 1965. It said, I agree with you. Softball between OU and OSU will be bigger than basketball this year. Uh, to me, I think it is, and especially where we are now. You can disagree, and I'd love to have some other conversations at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. I mean, it's, you know, to, both teams have to keep up their ends, and I, you know, certainly Oklahoma looks like they'll be able to do that. They haven't had any trouble <laughs> under Patty Gasso, uh, and Kenny Gajewski's team has been really good, but they have to keep that up too. Mm-hmm. and continue to be really good. And as long as they do that, uh, then I think we end up with one of those big old kabooms when they first meet. And, of course, when the two meet, you know, it, it's it's nice to play in Stillwater, but when they meet at the brand-new Loves over in Norman, yeah, might be really cool and fun. And, th- and think about the to- talking points around Kelly Maxwell being at OU now. Yeah. Like that's, mm-hmm. that kind of die- I feel like that kind of died down a little bit after the offseason when it all happened, and now all those emotions are going to rise back to the surface for that. Well, game. it kind of rose back up last week when she kind of – she wasn't taking a shot, but they were talking to her about some of the things they do in practice at Oklahoma, and she was talking about, well, we never even looked at film and studied hitters mm. at OSU. I never did. I'd never done that before. Some of the stuff she said, you were like, really? You've never done that? I mean, I cannot for a second believe that Kenny Gajewski's team doesn't watch tape yeah, or study other people. I, I can't imagine they don't, but she said, hey, we've ne- I've never done that before. Did that not shock you? Yeah, I, 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 it, it would have to be one of those things where is she saying it through, um, in terms of exa- is there an exaggeration that we don't really know about in terms know. of what she sees as watching film? It feels like it would be pretty clear cut. <laughs> so I don't know what else she could be thinking of. So no, I can't imagine. It's, it's hard any, to imagine. Yeah, any mistakes there, but I also can't imagine that doesn't happen. And yeah. I didn't see any reaction out of Stillwater, which is the right thing to do. There's no reason to start throwing fire at fire. I mean, you're well, not going to get anywhere. Yeah, and I don't think they want to go back into the no. talk about it because even no. Kinnegayeski was asked at the very beginning. I think media days maybe before the season and he was brought up a question again about it and he kind of like groaned and Mm. then went into his reasoning and then it brought (laughs) and then it brought up the firestorm again and it's just like i think both parties just let's wait until they play again exactly and then when they do it'll be a storyline that's all there is to it and we'll see how it goes 757 on the blitz 1170 long story short you're welcome to interact with us at 918-262-5072 it's our neuropathy treatment clinic of oklahoma text line all right so nick saban held a news conference yesterday, and you're, you're going, well, why the hell did Nick Saban hold a news conference? Nick Saban's retired. He's only a, you know, he uh, he's an advisor, yet he still has a parking place and people carrying his briefcase. <laughs> I mean, literally, when you got a guy carrying your briefcase into the office, that's... Uh, that's one step too far for me. Sorry. Mm. I, it's, it wasn't like they were carrying a giant trunk on an ocean liner either. Yeah. John Wooden dusted his own basketball floor, all right? Like, you can carry yeah, your own exactly. briefcase. Come I, on. Anyway. So, and the reason they did it is because they had hired a couple of coordinators and a couple of coaches, right? So they hired Nick Sheridan and Jamarcus Shepard. 
Uh, both are going to have new titles uh, after the deflection or the defection, pardon me, of the former offensive coordinator Ryan Grubbs as he went to Seattle. So Sheridan, who came with you know, DeBoer from Washington as the tight ends coach, is now the new offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach. Um, he he will also he kind of maintained that role as receivers coach. He picked up assistant head coach and some things like that, but now he's going to be the coordinator. Uh, so they wanted to talk about that and then hiring as well, DeMarcus. And so they, they wanted to ask him about that. But, of course, the first thing people wanted to get to is, hey, what are you doing? How's retirement? What's going on? What's what's going to be happening? And here, here's his answer. Good. You know, I, uh, Terry and I have enjoyed our time together. And, um, you know, I got a little more time for family. Get to see uh, grandkids a little more. And it's been really, really good. Play a little more golf. <laughs> so that's not good, but uh, it's fun. So um, it's been good. You know, I'm anxious to see that, you know, we can do whatever we can to continue to support, you know, Alabama athletics and the athletic program and the football program and um, hope that the players and the coaches that are there um, continue to have a great amount of success. How do you envision your role with Alabama? moving forward and, you know, the balancing, being there but not being over. Right. Well, that's our home. That's our family. It's our community. Uh, we're going to continue to do things to help the community every way that we can. And um, the coaches all know that I'm available if they need me in any way, shape, or form to help them. Um, you know, I talk to Kalen every now and then and talk to the defensive coordinator every now and then. He's going to come over and meet me, you know, this week sometime. So, you know, we're around. Uh, we're there to support the players and help them in any way that we can to help them be successful. In Tuscaloosa, there's no way you're not picking the tide, right? Um, you know, I've tried to steer away from picking people. I think I'm going to have to do that now. But um, I don't know that you always have to pick the team you think is going to win. You know? I want to stop it there just for a second because what he's been asked about right there is the SPN gig. Because they said, you know, you're going to have to go pick games now. And that's why he's responding here. You know, you're, you're allowed to have a spiritual feeling about who you like and who you want to win. Yeah. So um, I think it'll be a lot of fun, though. How excited are you about that opportunity? I'm excited about it. I'd, I'd like to continue to try to impact college football in a positive way in the future. And... I think that gives me a voice to do it. It keeps me involved in football. I have, you know, things to do. It's not only just being there. It's the preparation that goes with it and how it can keep you involved in a game. Yeah, you know, all right, so he makes a point there. Look, you don't have to pick who you think is going to win. You can pick with your heart. So is he going to pick against Bama? I think eventually he probably will. Uh, because, you know, as he said, he's still involved in Alabama, and he still has a kind of an advisory role, if you will. You know, you can imagine, though, somebody sees him in the hall – after he had, you know, picked it, say Auburn, <laughs> you know, in some wild day, and I mean, look, let's be honest Who's too. The chosen one. How yeah. often are they going to be underdogs? Uh, not Alabama? very. Right. Yeah, I mean, not very. Maybe in Georgia, you know, maybe against Georgia, and it's going to depend how how schedules work Man. once they get their scheduling down. Yeah. And, and they're, and, you know, with with him gone, yeah. everybody's gonna, just going to be a, it's going to be a teller. Yeah, know? everybody's going to say, "How are they? we? We know that the guys will hit the portal. We know some people mm. will come with the board as well. So, how will that go? Well, it's one of the biggest and most fascinating questions of what's going to happen this year in college football. Yeah. But he probably won't have that many opportunities to pick against them anyway, and they're not going to be on the board, I wouldn't think, every week. I just think it's going to be really interesting because now, I mean, they're kind of semi-retiring Corso. I mean, they said yeah. he's going to be involved. 
but only when he wants. It feels like they've been semi-retiring him for four or five years. It does, doesn't it? and it, it and it becomes at some point you feel sorry for him. Oh yeah, because he's not obviously in the best overall health mm-hmm. and shape. He's still fun, and you still like seeing him there. And I like the fact. Let, let's just let him do very limited things. Let him do the headgear. Always, you know, yeah. always got to do the headgear. But I think it mean when you when you look past that now, adding McAfee, who never stops talking. And then you add Saban, and Saban won't unless they bring him out. I don't think. I think that's going to be for it's going to be a real thing to get him out of that shell. Now he doesn't yeah. mind talking in news conferences or whatever, like he did there, and he actually smiled a little bit, which was what he didn't do a lot when he wow. was coaching. But mm-hmm. Reese Davis is going to have a job trying to balance that. Could you see him just being in like pick'em situations? <clears throat> just, like- no. Not Just at all. He's throughout got, the whole show. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. He has too much knowledge. Yeah. There's too much breakdown. There's too much preparation. There's too much film study. There's too much I know we've been here. Name something he hasn't experienced. Name a, a scenario out there in college football the guy's not been there for. And although Herb Street is a long-timer, and he obviously knows the game, and so does Desmond, and so does McAfee, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with any of that. None of them have done what he's done. None right. of them have been in that war room putting together, you know, trying to beat Kirby in Georgia or trying to beat Dabo and Clemson in the day, any of those kind of things. No one's done that. No one can bring that perspective that he's going to be able to bring. So, no, I think he's going to be there the whole time. I'm just – I think Reese Davis has the hard job now. And he really did, although, you know, that's it, one problem I had with game day, which I still like, is uh, half the time it's just four guys yelling over each other. Yeah. Especially once McAfee got there and he climbed on tables and took his coat off and all that garbage, it, which is not, I mean, okay, fine if you like that. But now you got to somehow, Reese Davis has got to shut some guys up so that he can have Saban doing well, pieces. Well, and Reese was the first one to be able to do that interview with Nick Saban post the mm-hmm. announcement, right? So well, maybe there's, maybe there's like, do you think there's a, maybe a connection there oh, yeah. with well, them? Yeah, that, Reese is an Alabama kid. Yeah, he's an Alabama grad, right? Yeah, he's an so. Alabama guy, and they, you know, they've been friends, mm-hmm. you know, for apparently a long, long time. But it's not that. It's not having. I don't. I think I don't think that'll be a problem. Mm-hmm. I think it's trying to get him the the positions to because I don't think he's going to try to yell over McAfee. No, and and McAfee talks a lot <laughs> and everybody you know look everybody else on the set seems to like him somebody had taken a yeah. shot at him on twitter this year and immediately <clears throat> desmond howard and herb street responded and defended him and i don't have anything against him i just think you know it's sometimes it can be a bit much it can well it's supposed to be everybody not just one mm-hmm. guy and i don't care about your belt buckles and you taking off your jacket or any right. of those kinds of things so i think reese has got the hard job trying to pull saban into this in the right places. Anyway, all that, I just wanted you to hear a little bit from Nick Saban as he says he's playing golf. The other thing that struck me when he was saying it, you, you, can you see him as a grandfather? I, I, I can. You I can? Just because I know that there's just something, there, there's something under there where the shell's going to break a little bit, right? When you, when you be, if you become a grandfather? Well, you know, just eventually. It's like there's something there, right? I mean, I'm grandpa, and I, I understand what those feelings mm-hmm. are like. I don't know. I just see him I see him as that kind of a meme as the dude sitting there not quite knowing what to do as they run. <laughs> you know, they're, yeah. and they're running back and forth, and, and that, that look on his face. I, I'm not saying he's bad at it. Mm-hmm. I just like to see it. I'd like to be the bug on the wall. I could see that meme of, like, Gordon Ramsay where it has the version of him on the kids' <laughs> yes. show where he's like, oh, dear, it's it's gorgeous. And the other one, he's like, you bleeping donkey. Exactly. Like, 
Yeah. It's just like no, there's something there that he knows how to he knows how to channel it. We just we just don't see it. <laughs> the first time his kids want to his grandkids want to slime him or something, I can just see the reaction in there. Uh, Eight oh six on the Blitz eleven seventy. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll do our conference crunch and take a look inside some conference stuff. Before we do that, I said I had some notes about Caitlin Clark. I think this is just fabulous. So fanatics, who of course we had in the news yesterday because they made the horridly, horridly cheap-looking Major League uniforms, that for some reason the Major League went with Fanatics, who does nothing more than get their stuff from third-party dealers, if you will. Yeah, real quick, I saw a a tweet where their, like, customer service Mm -hmm. replied to somebody posting a picture of the actual Major League jersey and and the reply was saying, you know, oh yeah, this is obviously a mess up. Get in contact with our group. And it's like, you don't know that this is actually the Major League Baseball jersey that they're using. Mm-hmm. It, I thought it was really funny. Go on. Yeah, it was. But, but I mean, they're not even people who make their own stuff, right? They're almost mm-hmm. kind of like a dropshipper for that stand. And for them, so just for them to go do that. But but they keep track of how, how what sells, right? Yeah. Because that's what they do. So Caitlin Clark has just become the top-selling athlete in the NIL era. Top-selling, number one. She passed Shadour Sanders. Wow. She is it, number one. She sold, or they sold, more Clark-branded merchandise in less than 24 hours after she broke the scoring record than any other individual since NIL first started in 22. All those players, all those people... And a women's basketball player from Iowa just set the mark. I mean, she's the biggest star in basketball right now. Like is in, it in college basketball? Forget, yeah, forget men's and women's. Yep, it is absolutely fantastic. And the I love the fact that around the, the world, especially here, there are young girls looking at that and being encouraged. Oh, sure. To play. Yeah. I just think it's just fantastic. And <laughs> past Shador Sanders. Now you see, you see, uh, Dion, you see Neon going, uh, or Dion going, how do I get my kid back up there? <laughs> I don't see Kate and Clark flashing the uh, uh, wristwatch. The watch, now. right, right. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of yeah, uh, Prime, did you see Victor Wimbanyana's latest endorsement deal? No. Louis Vuitton. Ah, and it was prime. I'm bringing my, I'm coming. I'm bringing my Louis Vuitton luggage Fancy. with me, mm-hmm. right? Well, Wimbanyana just got that deal, which you know, I, Prime probably has some kind of deal with them. Otherwise, he's got to be sitting there going, "Wait a minute, he gets that." Caitlin Clark just passed Shador. I got to do something. Yeah, and remember, Prime's coming to the Big Twelve. Ooh, these are good times. Eight oh nine on the Blitz eleven seventy. He's Bryce Salsa. I'm Rick Corr. We're in the Tulsa Oilers hockey studio. In a few minutes, our conference crunches. We'll take a look around conferences, and then Tyler Cass at eight thirty from THV eleven over in Little Rock. We will get to our Arkansas Insider. They won a basketball game last night. Who'd they beat? <laughs> oh, they beat A and M. Of course they did. Coming back with conference crunch next on the Blitz. Don't look now, but the Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane will be at Wichita State tonight for their second and final guaranteed matchup with them this season. The Golden Hurricane won the first matchup here in Tulsa, 79-68. to Tip-off is at 8 with a 7.30 pregame. You can listen to all of that over on Big Country 99.5. In college softball, the Oklahoma State Cowgirls will be at Stetson tonight for a 5 o'clock first pitch. The Cowgirls are coming off a win Monday night at Florida 3 to nothing. 
and the CFP board approved the 5-plus-7 model for the 12-team college football playoff. The vote was unanimous and approved a model that would guarantee the five highest-ranked conference champions being included in the 12-team field, followed by seven at-large bids. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We always want to hear from you. We can do it that way. We can do it by text at 918-262-5072. That's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Any of those things are possible. You can do that right here with the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. We're in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio reminding you when the Oilers are home on a Sunday, you can skate on the ice with the players. We call it Sunday Fun Day, and you can either rent skates or you can take your own it's easy you can skate on the ice with the oilers after any sunday home game with the blitz and the tulsa oilers all right coming up in a few minutes tyler cass our arkansas insider right now it's time for us to take a look around the conferences conference crunch we're going to start with big 12 softball and the reason we're going to start there is because of what's happening in the polls it is big 12 one it is big 12 two this sounds like the old Big 8 in football many years ago. Oklahoma and Texas are one and two. Oklahoma State is number seven, and Baylor got votes as well. So early on in the conference race when it comes to the Big 12, not that it's a surprise that Oklahoma is at the top, and it really isn't a surprise that Texas is there either. But you got to love the Big 12 being number one and number two when it comes to softball right now, which is, again, we talk about how things have kind of uh, really kind of taken off. Big 12 is one of two teams to have three teams in the top eight in both USA Today, the NFCA, and the ESPN and USA College softball polls. Of course, right now we haven't had really conference games, but Oklahoma's 9-0. and Texas is 7-0. and Houston is surprising people. They're 10-1. and and uh, you're coming in, you didn't know much about Houston and softball, but look at this. BYU's 8-2. and two. Oklahoma State's 8-2. and two. UCF is 6-2. Is and two. Tech is 7-3. and three. Iowa State is 6-3. and three. And only do you get to Baylor and Kansas do you have even, either even, because Baylor's 3-3, three and three, or in the losing side with Kansas at 4-5. and five. UCF played around in the rankings last year yeah. a little bit, so they could climb pretty easily. Yep, yeah, so there are good things going on right now in softball. Now, let's go over to baseball, shall we? Big 12 baseball this week. Four teams are ranked in the D1 baseball standings. Number 5, TCU. Number 16, Texas. Number 19, Texas Tech. And number 24, Kansas State. Those are the ranked teams in the Big 12 right now. And I know we're early. And a lot of times early, just as we talked in softball, you are going to get some teams who are playing games they're supposed to win. So that's going to happen. So right now, I mean, we're so early in the baseball season. you got Houston and TCU at 3-0. and you got UCF at 1-0. and And then Kansas State, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas Tech are all 2-1. and West Virginia is 2-2. Two and two, And then everybody below that, BYU, Kansas, OSU, Cincinnati, and Baylor are either below the 500 line or right at it. Of course, the Cowboys are 1-2. and two. After that start, we talked to Josh Holiday yesterday. He said, you know, we're trying to figure out who we are. 20 brand new players, 20 guys, 20 teams, you know, players back. Half your team is new. you got to find yeah. out what's going on, and that's what they're trying to do. Now, there are some important matchups, and we're going to find – and that's what he said. We're going to find out who we are this week, and that's going to happen. Uh, there are some top 25 starting Wednesday at Globe Life Field in Dallas. Uh, that is today, of course. Number 19, Texas Tech takes on number 7, Oregon State. And the number 20, UCLA – 
will visit number five TCU. That's the weekend series there. And, of course, as I mentioned, Oklahoma State's down that way, too, as they move on. All right, so let's turn our attention now to a little bit of basketball, shall we? Men's basketball right now, big Monday, a showdown of Big 12 leaders, Iowa State and Houston. Cyclones beat the Cougars in uh, back on January 9th. So that's going to be a great matchup there. And through um, with all teams through 12 of 16 league games, the top seven are within three games and at 500 or better. This is a really close race. Mm. And that's one of the things that's been so fun. Iowa State overall is 20 and 5. Houston overall is 22 and 3. So when you get into conference, Iowa State and Houston are 9 and 3. Baylor's 8 and 4. Kansas is 8 and 5. You wouldn't think you'd see Bill Self's at eight, team at 8 and 5, but you know, here we are. Then you got TCU and Tech at 7 and 5, and BYU at 6 and 6. Everybody's pretty good. Yeah. And, and Oklahoma's 6 and 7. And they, you know, that's why I hit the brakes on them yesterday in, in gas for brakes. They've just been too inconsistent. You don't want to play them in the tournament because you don't know who's going to show up. Mm. If it's the guys who you think can be really good and they can, then they can be more than just a little bit dangerous. But you don't know. You just yeah. don't know who's going to show for them. And that, to me, has been a real problem. Uh, some other things to know about the, the Big 12 had four of the top, uh, top two teams in the men's basketball committee's in-season rankings back in February 17th. That was Houston 3 uh, as a number one seed, and then Kansas number 8. And I have Lenardi's initial bracketology showing some of that. And the Big 12 also has the lowest net average ranking among conferences at 46.1. That's over 14 points better than the second-best league. So, I mean, that's this again, when we talk about good basketball, we're talking about really good basketball. Now let's go to Lenardi's seeds, as I'd mentioned. He has UConn, Arizona, Purdue, and Houston as number ones, so it's not a surprise to any of us. Now, UConn losing last night, they had been at that point the number one overall seed. Them losing last night, I don't think they'll lose that because Purdue, who was the two seed, had also lost this week. Or mm-hmm. <laughs> It's college basketball. Everybody's <laughs> losing, right? Uh, number two seeds, they have North Carolina, Kansas, Tennessee, and Marquette. And then at number three, Iowa State. So, again, there's a third Big 12 team. Alabama, Baylor, a fourth Big 12 team, and Duke, and then the four seeds, Auburn, San Diego State, Creighton, who you know helped themselves last night in Illinois. And then when it comes to bubble, last four buys to New Mexico, Nebraska, A&M, and Nevada. So, again, you're talking about some, um, some Big 12s. Uh, pardon me, SEC in there where they're going to be next year. Last four in, Seton Hall, Butler, Gonzaga, and Ole Miss. First four out, Providence, Utah, Cincinnati, and Wake. And then the next four, Colorado, coming into the Big 12 next year, Villanova, Pittsburgh, and Drake. Right now they have the Big 12 with nine teams, Lenardi does, getting in, which, what are you going to say, right? The SEC has nine. We said yesterday I think the SEC is kind of catching up if they haven't already. Uh, The Big 10 was six. The Mountain West was six. The Big East with five. The ACC with four. The PAC with two. The American with two. And the West Coast Conference with two. How about the Mountain West? Mm -hmm. Basketball and football. Yep. And that's why I say Oregon State and Washington State, like I said, absorb them, just be the PAC. Uh, yeah. I mean, what are you going to lose if you're the Mountain West? That logo is still fairly young when it comes to conferences. Mm. What does it mean? <laughs> I mean, the pack meant something a while ago, I understand. Anyway, that's yeah. just my opinion. And that's a look at Conference Crunch just kind of around here on the Blitz 1170. It's 822. He is Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. We're inside the Tulsa Oilers hockey studio. I was telling you about something earlier. I just thought this was really funny. This actual <laughs> – this post – and it's on Twitter, comes from inside Oklahoma State. And it's a picture of Gunnar Gundy, and it's Gunnar 
in his OSU uniform, but in the committed to Ohio background. Now, Gunner had committed to Ohio, and then he he'd non-committed to Ohio. And I'm sorry, I haven't completely followed all that, but didn't he recommit? I haven't heard any. I feel like I would have heard something, I, that, I, I, unless I it was very quiet. You know? I, I, and I, I yeah. wondered if it was, but I love this either way. Yeah. Ohio quarterback, if he stays, Gunner Gundy, has more Big 12 championship appearances and more New Year's Six Bowl wins than Spencer Rattler, Dylan Gabriel, and Caleb Williams combined. <laughs> Which was so fun. And this is just this is just so college sports it Twitter. Is. It is. is because my immediate thought was in 2020, Spencer Rattler did win the Big 12 and beat Florida in New Year's Six. And somebody, an OU fan, points that out in the comments. Mm-hmm. And that Inside Oklahoma State uh, page just goes, well, congrats on tying Gunner Gundy. <laughs> right. Like, right. I was going to get to like, that part just, of it. It's just trolling, yeah. man. Yeah. It's that's just... right. And that's what I was going to get to because it's not correct necessarily, <laughs> but it's still really funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? And we see fans from both sides. That's not the only time that's going to happen. An Oklahoma fan's going to do something similar, or they do all the time to Oklahoma State and around the mm-hmm. country. If you think that Bama and Auburn aren't oh, doing gosh. it to each other, Ohio State, Michigan, of course they are. That's that's fantastic. And before we leave Oklahoma State football, I thought this was fun, too, and I saw this on Twitter or X. And this was, you know, we saw on three pick 2024 Big 12 win totals over under, right, which is a big deal these days. Who do you think they had at the top of the over under uh, of the overall what you think they'll number of wins they'll have next year? Utah. Kansas State and okay. Utah. Okay. Like they, they're tied uh-huh. at one? Okay. Nine and a half. Man, high on Kansas State. I you know what? The power I, of Avery Johnson, really. You, yes, but you take the under there and I think you get rich. Okay. For for both the teams? Well, for Kansas for State. Kansas State, yeah. I don't even so. with Cam Rising back, if he's as good as he was with Utah, yeah. That might be right on. They've got Arizona Arizona at eight and a half, and I think minus your head coach, that might be a push. I know they get Fafita back, but that still might be a push. They have Kansas at eight and a half and Lance mm-hmm. Leipold. They have Tech at eight and a half, UCF at eight and a half, and then Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and TCU at seven and a half. Bring me my money on those. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially on the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me you're going to – at what point – and the post says – there's never been an easier bet than taking the over in OSU. When will they ever learn? Yeah, you lose to South Alabama and a terrible Iowa State <clears throat> team the season before, and you get to ten wins. I mean, <laughs> when are you? When are you going to learn? Yeah. Uh, I suppose Greg Swain who actually did that. Uh, continuing on the Big Twelve, though, they had West Virginia at six and a half, Baylor at five and a half. Uh, yeah, I, could, I, could, I could go the under on that. Yeah, since I five and a half, Colorado at five and a half. I think I'd go the over. I mean, yeah. I don't know that I completely trust Dion yet. Because it, he, he kind of cast too many stones at everybody else late in the season. Like, hey, mm-hmm. you're, you're the guy in charge. And yep. if you're casting stones and it's, you know, you know, everything rolls downhill, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, personally, it stops up there as Harry Truman had that thing on his desk that said the buck stops here. Mm-hmm. And it does. So I, I don't think I completely trust him yet. But <laughs> I think I'm close to trusting him when it comes to at least – almost willing his team to wins. Yeah, I mean, and I just feel like if you can't get bowl eligible in year two mm-hmm. um, with the power that he has to flip a program that 
easily with the transfer portal and what and he's like, attracted. I mean, come on. then we need to start pulling fire alarms. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, because you're talking about the kind of money that's been in, you know, that's been mm-hmm. infused there. You know, you got your best guys back. You already you got another portal year under you. You got people who want to come there. Travis Hunter should be healthy. Yeah. He's going to be the number two guy on the new EA Sports game. They said that you know Ollie's number one. And he's number two. Him, I mean, him, and Gundy, and then Ollie and Travis Hunter. In Boulder, the day after Thanksgiving, that's going to feed families. Holy cow. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's a great way to put it. Uh, then they have Arizona State at four and a half, BYU at four and a half, and they have Houston at four and a half. I think you could make money on BYU in the over as well. Yeah, if, I'm, so. if I'm doing anything, I'm going to bet under on State, Kansas State. I'm going to bet over on Oklahoma State, and I'm going to bet over on BYU, and I bet you I make some money. Mm-hmm. That's just that's that's early. That's FanDuel and on three. I just wanted you to kind of hear some of that. Eight twenty eight here on the Blitz eleven seventy. He's Bryce Hall. I'm Rick Corey. You are at home, but you can text at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two at any time. You can also call us at nine one eight eight seven nine eleven seventy. As a matter of fact, if you have a question for Tyler Cass, our Arkansas insider, now it's time hit all that because he's coming up next right here on the Blitz. The Blitz text line is always open nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane will be at Wichita State tonight for their second and final guaranteed matchup with them this season. The Golden Hurricane won the first matchup here in Tulsa, 79-68. Tip-off is at 8 with a 7.30 pregame. You can listen to all of it over on Big Country 99.5. The OU women's basketball team had a scoring frenzy in Cincinnati against the Bearcats last night as they won 95-87. Skylar Van led the Sooners with 22 points. Lexi Keys and Sahara Williams each added 17. With the win, OU clinches a top-four seed in the Big 12 tournament. They currently lead the conference overall. And in college softball tonight, the Oklahoma State Cowgirls will be at Stetson for a 5 o'clock first pitch. The Cowgirls are coming off a win Monday night at Florida 3-0. That's the Window World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson on the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. And several of you have today, and we appreciate you doing that. As a matter of fact, it's 833 here on the Blitz 1170. Jeremy Poplin just texted us on that line and said Colorado got the worst Big 12 schedule. And I looked at it. I mean, yeah, I mean, some overall in the Big 12 probably, yeah. I mean, I, I think so. But it, there's with, with as many teams as you have now, it's gonna, it's gonna be kind of rare that you get the perfect mix, if you will. Yeah. Eight thirty four on the Blitz eleven seventy. He's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. We're in the Tulsa Whalers hockey studio, and now let's turn our attention to a guy who's got to be happy because Arkansas won a basketball game last night. Our Arkansas insider from THV eleven over in Little Rock, Tyler Cass. I told you they'd beat A and M. Everybody beats A and M. Yeah, I think we talked about this last time the Razorbacks beat A and M, where yep. you know. I'm very hesitant to call it a sign of anything else because if there's one thing Arkansas could do, it's it's beat the Aggies, it seems. I mean, it's an Arkansas team that doesn't play great defense, doesn't close out on shooters, and luckily a Texas A&M team that just doesn't really seem to know how to shoot the ball. So mm-hmm. it worked out. And, you know, and they'll play great. A&M is one of those dichotomies, man. I wouldn't want to play them in the tournament because if they're one of those games when they're paying attention and Buzz is paying attention, they're really good. But then on nights like this, when they go out there and playing a game they think they should win, they stink. 
Uh, so, yeah, I, can can Musselman's team take this and move forward? Because now we're talking about any kind of anything you can grab on as we get toward tournament time. Do you see any bright spot? Well, the bright spot is the, the schedule coming up. I mean, look, it's it's impossible to say this team should win a game because that's they're just not a team that that wins games like that. But beating A and M, and now you get to come home and play Missouri and Vanderbilt back to back inside Bud Walton Arena, and those are both games they should win. So we should be looking at a three game win streak for the Razorbacks, which I mean, it's you know probably a little too little too late as far as any kind of tournament hopes go. They still are going to have to, you know, go on a magical SEC yep. tournament run, I think, to, to get anything done. But three in a row before you head, head to Kentucky on the road, uh, it, it's enough to make you feel – you know, a little less terrible about it. <laughs> you know what? When you get to the point, though, in college basketball that all you're trying to do is feel a little less terrible, maybe it's not going well. <laughs> yeah, no, still still not going well. And look, I don't think any of those games are, are as gimmies as they would have looked, you know, a couple of weeks ago because Arkansas is playing super shorthanded. I mean, uh, Trevin Brazil, Jalen Graham, and Keon Menafield all injured, uh, all missed last night's game, and all according to Musk, game to game, but don't expect them back soon. So, which is very confusing. But yeah, but Traymond Mark was twenty six. I mean, he was good. Mitchell was good with twenty two. So, and they held the Aggies to poor shooting, which again, as you said, they forgot how to shoot it last night. All right, let's move on. I want to get into baseball. So, a three and one start against James Madison. Hey, you know, out of four, you're, you're you might lose one. It's this series this weekend down at Globe Life in Arlington, Oregon State, Oklahoma State, Michigan, and Arkansas down there. I mean, come on. You're going to, you know, it's a good baseball team to begin with, but man, you talk about a good grouping down there right now. You got number seven, Oregon State. This is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, exactly. You start off with the top 10 matchup with Arkansas and Oregon State. It's a, it's a college baseball game that is incredibly personal to Razorback fans. Um, because, of course, of what happened against Oregon State in the College World Series Finals a few years ago. Uh, and then you throw in, I mean, like you, like you said, the whole weekend, it's kind of unique. It's not a format that you're going to see as a college baseball fan until the postseason again, mm-hmm. where you're playing three different teams in the span of one weekend. It's a, it's a different kind of challenge where you're not, you know, you can't get used to a team, you can't get used to a lineup or a reliever or something. It's just you know, Oregon State, but okay, now in Oklahoma State, okay, now now Michigan. And uh, as you guys well know, too, Arkansas and Oklahoma State having a fun bit of history in recent <laughs> years as well in the postseason. So, yeah. You know, and, and you know, we talked to Josh Holiday yesterday from Oklahoma State, and, you know, he's got 20 new people on that team. He said, look, we're just going to find out who we are this weekend because they, they went one and two against Sam Houston, and he's still not sure. We know about Arkansas. How do you think they really stack up in that series when you got to play them back-to-back that fast? Yeah, I mean, it's – it's very much a, a, a prove-it series, I think, for Arkansas as well. I mean, you, you know who they are um, or you know who they want want to be, but the big thing is going gonna, is gonna to be pitching because the Arkansas pitching staff looked really good against James Madison uh, outside of a couple of rough innings in relief on the Sunday game. That's the one they lost. And then the guy who was supposed to be the sure thing, Hagan Smith, on Friday, who, you know, preseason All-American across the board, preseason SC Pitcher of the Year, and then in his first start of the year, you know, opening day, he lasted exactly one inning. <laughs> um, so, I mean, and look, it was I, – I was up there in Fayetteville. I made the 
terrible mistake of forgetting my coat and my hat, and I was miserable. I can't imagine what it was like playing baseball in that. It was one of those, it was about 34, 35 degrees, and then with wind, felt like low. Tw- um, Hagen's pitch count in the first inning was 10, you know, t- well above the temperature. So I think it was one of those where they kind of, you know, it's the first game, he's a little off, it's really cold. It took 45 minutes to play the first inning. Let's just get him out of there. And then Will McIntyre looked great. I mean, five and two-thirds innings, one run in long relief. But, yeah, that's what I'm really looking for on Friday is, I mean, it's going to be a a much better, no offense to James Madison, but a much better lineup that he's going to have to face against Oregon State. This is the ultimate chance for a bounce back, though. No question. 839 on the Blitz 1170. We're in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio talking to Tyler Cass, our our Arkansas insider. I'm Rick Corey with Bryce Hulse. Tyler, I wanted to ask about softball. They'll have the Razorback Invitational coming up, facing teams like Illinois State, UT Arlington, Wichita State. Uh, based on the way they've been playing so far, and uh, what, what could you expect about the, those games coming up? Yes, yeah, nice. They're finally at home. You know, they've, they've played five games in Florida, five games in Arizona, and now they're about to play, I think, 15 games in three weeks, all at home. Uh, every single one is a named like you said, the Razorback Classic, the Woo Pig Classic, like all three weekends they, they've named for whatever reason. They're all tournaments. But, yeah, I mean, the the first weekend, you know, they, they lost the, the one-run game to Penn State. You kind of went, all right, that was your biggest competition. We'll continue next weekend. And they split uh, with Arizona, which, which was good. They lost the first game to Arizona um, in, you know, at Arizona, but then came back and won the second game. So they're, they're clearly – a very capable team. It's still, they're very much figuring things out in the circle because the last, I mean, really three, four seasons, they've come into the year knowing exactly what to expect. You know, pre, you know, preseason, all SEC type pitchers, you know, girls like Mary Half or Shanice Dells who had just been, you know, otherworldly the year before and were coming back and, we're going to be great. And they'd always have one or two. I mean, going all the way back to one of my favorite names in Arkansas sports history, a pitcher named Autumn Storms uh, for Arkansas. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, and she was great. But, yeah, this year it's been a bit of a rotation in there. Uh, I mean, they're, they're starting freshmen out. But I think really that's what these first five weeks where it's, again, all tournaments – has been about for Arkansas. It's the, the beauty of softball where, you know, you, you can throw two, three times in a single weekend is they're just, they're just putting all the arms out there, seeing what sticks before SEC play. Yeah. And that's what kind of everybody is. It gets us that time of the year. I mean, you, you certainly think you know what you have, but you're going to be surprised every now and then you just want to kind of get out there and get after it. And we're not that far from spring football, are we? You hearing any rumblings? Uh, yeah, I ran, you know, they, Football coaching staff was in was in Little Rock last week getting some barbecue. Um, Sam Pittman crashed my live shot at, at, at 5 p.m., which was great. Um, it was well, it was it was terrifying for a moment. You can see there, there's a there's a split second of fear in my eyes because you know you're standing there on live television. I'm in, I'm interviewing the owner of the barbecue place that's hosting this NIL event for the Razorbacks. I'm getting told in my ear, "All right, uh, we got to wrap up, get back to studio." And all of a sudden, there's an arm around my shoulder, and uh, you know this this is a this is an establishment that serves alcohol. I've been live plenty of times in places like that. You never know what you, what you're going to get. Exactly. So my thought, my my brain goes, oh gosh, what is going? On? Oh look, it's Sam Pittman. Hey, coach. 
Um, so yeah, I mean that that's what they're doing right now. They're doing the the tour of the state, the the hobnobbing, getting Bobby Petrino back acclimated with everyone. He got the biggest round of applause by far when they introduced the coaching staff. Um, and he, you know he's shaking hands, kissing babies, doing the whole thing. The the new and uh, softened Bobby Petrino from what, what we've seen so far, as far as just you know the volatility of of, of that man. But you know, who knows behind closed doors? But beyond that, yeah, I mean as far as on the field goes, I mean, everyone's kind of starting to take the the approach that uh, you know, Arkansas hasn't seen in a few years now with with KJ Jefferson being yeah. the guy so steadily. Is oh man, we've got a we've got a quarterback battle this off season. So I think that's kind of what everyone's starting to gear up for. Is that's obviously issue number one. I I really cannot imagine how you make Bobby Petrino softer. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, first of all, I don't even know that I want to say that ever again because that just sounds wrong, knowing what I what we all know. But I, I would love to see: can he maintain that? Can he maintain that humility? Do you think? Do you think that was? I mean, you saw it. Did he seem like he was kind of having the try, or did it seem like it was genuine? No, I mean, it feels genuine. I, I think it's it's a kind of perfect situation for him in the sense that he's somewhere where he is comfortable. He, I mean, all the, I mean an event like that you know it's a lot of the the, the big money guys mm-hmm. he, he he knows them all from last time around because in a state like arkansas you know it, that's that's the same group of people for 50 years um and but at the same time he's just the offensive coordinator and that's where i think it's most prime to succeed is this he doesn't have to do all this for his job that's that's sam's job sam is the guy who has to to go be mr mr cheery and mr you know Oh, I'm you know the, the politician of it all. Bobby Bobby can do a little of that, but then once once football gets going, that's all he has to think about. Yeah, Sam's got to do all that other stuff all season yeah. long. Bob, yeah. Bobby's got it in him for maybe a couple more months, and then he can just focus on you know whatever he's going to do with this offense. Yeah, and it will be fascinating, no question. All right, final thing for Tyler Cass, our Arkansas insider, THV over THV eleven over in Little Rock, and yeah, I would love to see Sam Pittman. I want to see that segment. That'd be fun. So Jeremy Poplin, who is our boss, and, and of course it's the uh, the show with Pop and Colby in the afternoon, had texted and said, hey, can you solicit suggestions for best nicknames in sports because they're going to do an afternoon segment, and he wonders why basketball has all the best nicknames, and we can just have people text or tweet or any of those things. So I'm going to ask you, what's the best nickname in sports? Oh, in sports history, current guys? Or just, just for you. I mean, you. Any, I don't care if it, whether it's now or then. The best nickname in sports. Oh, goodness. Oh, man, on the spot. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to open. I'm going with Chocolate Thunder. I mean, how can you go against Chocolate Thunder? That was that was just classic, man. Daryl Dawkins. I mean, we could stick, stick in the same realm there and go white chocolate. Jason Williams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that seems a little like a cheap way out, but okay. <laughs> No, the the one of the best the best highlight tape players of all time. Don't yeah. look beyond the highlight tape, man. That highlight tape. Yeah, and well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Well, all right, I'll let you off the hook then, because I mean, I know you got you got a one year old crime on, or you got a kid climbing on your lap, and you're trying to make sense of it all. But I appreciate your time either way. And next time Sam comes in, tell him we said hey over here in Tulsa. Will do. He's an Oklahoma boy. Yeah, yeah. thanks. I, I appreciate it. Tyler Cast, THV 11 over in Little Rock. He is our Arkansas insider. It's 846. All right, text right now, 918 262 5072. What's the best nickname in sports? 
could be now, could be uh, any other time. What do you think the best nickname in sports is, has been, or was? They're putting this together for a segment in the afternoons on uh, the afternoon show. That's the show with Pop and Colby, which will be one hour shorter today because of Oklahoma State basketball with a pregame at 5 o'clock. 918-262-5072. You can also just tweet at Jeremy as well or to us, and you can and you can call 918-879-1170 right here on The Blitz. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Rich Eisen. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on The Blitz 1170 and streaming on The Blitz 1170 app. There's Oklahoma State basketball tonight here on the Blitz as the Cowboys will be in Cincinnati to take on the Bearcats. Tip-off is at 6 with a 5 o'clock pregame starting here on the Blitz 1170. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane will be at Wichita State tonight for their second and final guaranteed matchup this season. The Golden Hurricane won the first matchup here in Tulsa 79-68. Tip-off is at 8 o'clock with a 7.30 pregame. You can listen to all of it over on Big Country 99.5. And the CFP board approved the 5-plus-7 model for the 12-team college football playoff. The vote was unanimous and approved a model that would guarantee the five highest-ranked conference champions being included in the 12-team field, followed by seven at-large bids. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170, and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Last time they had 9,000, 9 to 10 grand in there for that, which is great, and I think they'll continue that. Speaking of that, I wanted to make this note, which we actually had kind of made about uh, wrestling so this comes from Oklahoma State's Kevin Clintworth, who, of course, has been in you know, their sports information over there forever. You know, when, when Oklahoma State Oklahoma had their wrestling last week in Bedlam, they had about 9,500, I believe it was. Okay. All right, something on that, right? And he said advanced tickets for Bedlam were about 2,500 less than the final number of about 10,000. Ticket sales are ahead of that for Iowa coming in by 1,000. So if you wanted to go, that whole point is if you want to see Oklahoma State and Iowa wrestle, you better get tickets now. Yeah. And that's even from a, like a day or two ago. So if you want tickets there, you better hurry because they're way ahead of where they were at Bedlam and they doggone near filled it for Bedlam. Yeah. So can you imagine? I mean, that's their storied programs, man. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State and Iowa, that should be a blast. It be a barn burner. Yeah, and I saw somebody, you know, because Oklahoma State had said, hey, you know, we won Bedlam. And they had, okay, here's all the bedlams for the year for every sport. And OSU led by, I don't know what, it was a couple, you know, whatever it was. And somebody responded to the tweet with, nobody cares about wrestling. Oh, that's where you're wrong. Yeah. This is Oklahoma. Is it football? No. Is it even softball right now? Maybe not. But, yeah, people care about wrestling in Oklahoma. Maybe not everybody, but the people who do are so passionate, they will put you in a headlock and pin you right now. Yeah. Well, and also, that's to me, that's really disrespectful because OU has seven national championships in wrestling as well, mm-hmm. as well as football. So there's they are a storied program, too. Yes. In, our, in our state, wrestling yes. is very revered yep. by all programs. Yep. So that that's my problem with you it. You go over to Perry, Oklahoma, and places like that oh, where they turned out such great high schoolers. And, yeah, Oklahoma, and, and look, it's honest. Oklahoma's wrestling program has not been what it had been. I get that. But they, they do have a storied program there as well. And, you know, as soon as they're winning again, that Oklahoma fan will be proud, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. So let's don't discount what anybody's doing in wrestling. By the way, we get a text here at 918-262-5075. That's the, uh, uh, 72, pardon me, the Oklahoma uh, Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Pardon me, I got ahead of myself. Uh, we got a text from 6655 says, what's the salary for the Oklahoma State men's hockey coach? Well, it's a club team, as we talked about. So it's not sponsored by the school. Right. So it's a club team. I don't have any clue what they're paying him, and it's not coming out of the school's budget anyway. 
So I'm not right. sure it really is relevant. Uh, we could try to find out for this texter, but I do not have a clue. And I think that's, you know, they probably misunderstood and thought, okay, this is coming out of the school's budget or something, and it is not. All right, so Jeremy Poplin's in the next room, and he had texted about nicknames, right? So I asked Tyler Cass, kind of put him on the, on the, you know, on the spot, and he didn't really have anything, but your dad did. What did your dad text? Uh, well, let me get back to it. Walt No Neck Williams. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then mine is uh, from the old XFL, Rod Smart, who had his moments in the NFL, used to be able to put your mm-hmm. nicknames on the back of the jersey. His was He Hate Me. Yes, yes. So Yeah, I like that one. That's, that's one of my favorites. Well, I go back to old school. Man, I think of Johnny Football, which, by the way, that's not Manziel. Mm. That's Johnny Unitas. Right. Oh. I mean, that's who that was. That is not Manziel. That's what we think of. I go back to the, here, Okay. The best, in my opinion, of all time, Salt and the Swat. Babe Ruth. That's pretty good. Uh, you that's know, you got good. Sweetness, Walter Payton. Um, so this, this idea basically happened from All-Star Weekend mm-hmm. because Dr. Dunk, mm-hmm. Hillman, was one of the judges on the dunk contest. And I'm like, Dr. Dunk. Like, it's so simple and yet so perfect. It is. And then today is Stevie Francis's birthday. And the thing about Stevie Francis is he was Stevie Franchise. I'm like, man, basketball has some of the best nicknames. We're kind of at the all-star break, so yes, hacky. Mm-hmm. We should probably save this to July. But I thought, man, I want to know some really good nicknames, and why do basketball players have the best ones? Because, yep. I mean, there are, some, zero, Gilbert Arenas. there are some good ones in football, right? Oh, God, yes. Like the assassin. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Come on, right? Like mm-hmm. the assassin. I mean, there's simple ones, too. Broadway Joe. Like very simple sweetness. There's some great ones. But then you start to look at the NBA and you're like, find me a better nickname. Yeah. Chocolate Thunder. Oh, yeah. That's, that was the first thing. That, that's really the first thing <laughs> that came find to Find me a better one than that. Find me a better one than Dr. Duncanstein. <laughs> the human highlight reel. Yes, Iceman. Goes like, on oh, and on. Just, oh, yeah. yeah just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. The, the Big Dipper. <laughs> the microwave, Vinny Johnson. Yeah, Come on, yeah, it doesn't online. get any better than that. So I want your suggestions. You can text them in on the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line for this afternoon. I, you know, I think baseball is right there too. The Big Hurt. I mean, come on, that's fantastic mm. for Frank Thomas. That's that is yeah. as good as it gets right there. Uh, but there are great. There, and, and I, you know, you got some. You send us and let us know at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. Chief, come on! <laughs> Simple, Robert Parrish, the chief. Uh-huh, Let's uh-huh. go. I, I, I'd forgotten about the Ice Man when you said yeah, George, ah. George Gerben. When you think about that man, he was, he was, he was. Icy. Good. They needed a, You know what, guy? There's some guys who needed better nicknames. One billion percent, and I think uh, there's a lot of football players that just need better nicknames. Well, so some basketball guys. I mean, yeah. Wilt is still. Yeah. Why don't we have one for mm. Mahomes? Why didn't we really have one for Tom Brady? Yeah. Like well, uh, Joe Montana's was Joe Cool. Joe Cool, yeah. But I mean, it just feels like mm-hmm. we, every now and then we only get a Megatron, and that's it. <laughs> Is there a better commercial than the Guinness in the bar with the kid? What do you play tennis? Sure, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a better it's commercial? You know what? Good. It finally makes guys my age feel pretty good. There's <laughs> 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 something we know you don't. Yes. All right, that dude right there will be with you today, and of course, he and Colby, the show, will only be with you till five because Oklahoma State basketball. But up until that time, hit him with some nicknames at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. All right, that's going to do it for us here on this morning. Tomorrow, we have some of the drillers in here. Not only talk about opening day and some of the promotions coming up, but they have a real cool scholarship program that we're going to have them talk about, which is uh, I think is really neat. So we're going to have them in studio. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Dale Cook's fights are this weekend, so we're going to talk to Dale sometime in the next couple of days. We haven't been with Tom Gilbert in a while. We need to get back with Tom on on what's the latest brew in Tulsa because we're going to be switching over to some spring and 
St. Patrick's Day. Ooh. It's the day of the year. You know, I, I we can't find anything in our lineage, you know, even with the 23 and me, my kids did. We're we're all mutts. No, I, nothing I can glom <laughs> onto. But I want so term. badly to be Irish on St. Patrick's Day. I'm so jealous of Danny Boy O'Connor. Well, first because he's tall and thin and rich, but there mostly because I want to be Irish on St. Patrick's Day, and I will cling to that, and I will ask Tom where we are going with beer. All those things next couple of days. Until then, Rich Eisen, Dan Patrick, and, of course, the show with Pop and Colby right here on the Blitz 11.